Griffin, you and I have known each other for quite some time. Oh, yeah. Where would you put our um, support level? Oh, geez. Um, I would say, okay, if you'd sort of struck all Binding of Isaac related correspondence from the record, it would be F, D, F. F is not even an option. I think it starts at C. Uh, D. Oh, I'll, I'll invent a D because, like, sometimes I'll come to you, Russ, and I'll be like, "I'm really struggling right now, man. Like, my, uh, it, you know, we're having a really tough time with, uh, with, with Gus, and yeah, sure. Uh, you know, we're struggling just, just sort of like rebuilding our social circle after moving across the country, and like, I'm so lonely. Like, I'm so, so lonely. And then you'll be like, "Uh, yeah, well, that's cool. Well, I had a run with Lost Samson yesterday." <laughs> where uh, I made it to mother, um, but, but like if you do, if we do count that stuff, definitely a A, maybe even an S, like marriage. Okay, so do you think? Level. Do you think we're ready to have our support conversation now? Then, um, y- yeah, sure, sure. If you could, well, maybe you could even pretend to take an interest in my life beyond. <laughs> like the yes. binding, the binding of Isaac video game, and okay. then maybe that could actually let's have that be sort of the topic of our C rank conversation okay okay Okay. we're gonna gonna start to see i appreciate it okay so you uh you walk in on me and i'm uh i guess you're the protagonist sure obviously and i'm like an archer unit but i'm you you catch me and i'm crying alone (laughs) in a bathroom then i'm like oh oh, sorry sorry master or like however fire emblem characters talk to each other oh oh it's the divine one uh, sorry. Yeah, I wasn't crying. Griffin, what is wrong? Oh, it's just, you know, hard times. So, just so deeply lonely, Master Divine One. Well, you have friends all over. Wow, you're right. Anyway, uh, have will, you you tried... my, will you eat this cupcake? Everyone keeps telling me my baking is yucky. <laughs> I will try your cupcake now. And then you it get, is like, good, a but it is no... Tastes like the eggs that I make every morning. But anyway, now I will take a, a fatal blow for Russ in battle. That is that is what I, I would take. <laughs> oh, a we were, I thought we were going to get married. I no, that man, was the you got you, you got to talk to me way more. You got to eat a bunch more of my cupcakes and talk to me you about find some yeah, of the yeah. common interests, <laughs> right? <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Russ Frushing, and I know the best game of the week. Welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It's a video game club. And uh, how do you join? Well, you just give us $500 in small unmarked bills and listen to this podcast. And if you're running mm-hmm. along cash, skip that part. And just listen to the show, and then you'll be in the club. We do not take crypto anymore. We are don't try to send it. We yeah, don't want we are it. Crypto. I don't <laughs> want to say anti agnostic. Okay, <laughs> we're crypto agnostic. I'm crypto atheist. Yes. I don't believe it is anything that actually exists, which may be the safest position to take, sort of give with the given landscape. Guys, the, yeah, the price on Bitcoin is just skyrocketing. Uh, we're gonna have. <laughs> We're going to have updates every three minutes throughout the show. It's a new feature, so you don't have to stop to check your Bitcoin.
Mm. Um, but this week we're talking <coughs> about Fire Emblem Engage. Number one. <laughs> Plant, what is uh, Fire Emblem Engage? It is the, I believe, 17th entry in the Fire Emblem series of tactical role-playing games, which means you take turns uh, moving people across the field, you know, kind of like chess or checkers or whatever, but way more complicated. And uh, in between that, you talk to each other and you, you, you smooch and you eat cupcakes and you, you chat about eggs. Sounds the like end. exactly like our podcast. So it's half tactical fight, half our podcast. <laughs> uh, and we'll have more of said podcast right after this. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rockamoney.com slash besties oh boy so fire emblem engage the first major fire Emblem release since what was it three houses was the last one uh, are you I kidding mean, yes yeah but the, i mean well there was the the there was the what was it called the big big battle one that they do sometimes fire emblem oh yeah they had the crossover with the mozu genre yeah, yeah, yeah. yes um, but last real traditional Fire Emblem is that if you're not counting the weird game that like eats up your life, fresh. Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah. Are you still playing yeah. Fire Emblem Heroes, Russ? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I good. No, I'm I'm happy good for you. you. I wish Are I could you? still hang in there. Um, I uh, it's like a good go to. Can um, we? Can we? Uh, just as a table setter, because I, I think we talked about three houses. Well, I mean, yeah, we've been doing this show for a hundred. We must. Years, have, so we yeah. definitely talked about three houses. Uh, wh- wh- how uh, set the table? How was everyone? feeling about this franchise after three houses because th- that's a game that i sort of uh warmed up to the the longer it's been since it was released uh i, I love three houses i, I thought th- it was great i was kind of lukewarm on it i think at first but then i went back and played it again as a different house and liked it much much better i think and we'll talk about it in, with regards to engage because i think there's a lot of comparisons to be made but i think three houses from a like in addition to having pretty damn good tactical gameplay, also had a pretty engaging, interesting story. Yeah. Um, which is a rarity. It is. And again, we'll, we'll talk we'll about We'll talk it. about that, yeah. <laughs> um, engage, Justin, I, I, are, yeah. Are, we, are we the ones who like barely remember playing any Fire Emblem games? I, I have no relationship to this franchise whatsoever. I mean, like, I did play the mobile one. I know I spent a little, some time with that. But like, I mean, you've played... I've never you have stuck with played, one more than... A few hours. 
Yeah, you've played them. You just like basically bounce off of them. Like pretty immediately, regularly. I press the stop record button and I use my other hand to delete it from my. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Fire Emblem Engages is an interesting one. I've played, I think, if not all of them, almost all of them at, at this point. Uh, it is a, I would say, return to form to like uh, particularly the like 3DS era of like Fire Emblem Awakenings and Fire Emblem Fates. Uh, where there's like way more of a focus on the tactical combat, like character building side of things. Whereas Three Houses was way more about that, almost like persona style daily uh, simulation where you, you know, you, you had to teach your students and you were constantly trying to uh, get them to specialize in these different things uh, in your classes so that you could upgrade them to different jobs and uh, all all that jazz, which I know for longtime fans of Fire Emblem games was kind of a, had sort of a mixed reception because there was way, way more of that than there had ever been in the series before. Mm-hmm. And I, some people sort of complained that the tactical mechanical side of things struggled because of it that is uh that's definitely not true in fire emblem engage because uh i would say they have focused 95 percent of their efforts on the on the tactics and mechanics and everything and the stuff that you do in this game's hub world which is called somniel uh which is just sort of a big big castle expanding castle grounds uh, it's basically it, menus. It's like it's basically it's menus basically you menus walk that around. Takes way too long yeah. to load, <laughs> and and yeah, it takes a while. I I think that the the tactical mechanical side of this game succeeds wildly, but it, it so maybe just to get it out of the way, I think that they have done a weird half measure with the like non combat side of things that the game suffers for. Um, yeah, because Somniel I, is not interesting or fun to walk around the things that you do there are literally just run around pick up items and berries berries and nuts just all over the place and then sometimes if you have like ranked up a support uh far enough you can go and hunt them down and talk to them to like get the get the cutscene that boosts your your rank yeah i want to hear from chris plant because i spoke to chris plant yesterday and this is the first time that a Fire Emblem game has clicked for Chris Plant. Yeah, Chris Plant texted us apropos of nothing, like, this game fucking rules. I love it, but you're my friend. I, I, I like to check my friends. I'm trying to keep my 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 relationships, you know, levels. B, A. Yeah, wow. I'm ready for marriage for all of you. Yeah. Um. No, I, I, I am absolutely smitten with it, and I'm wondering why did I not get into three houses? Because I feel like I would have liked the story stuff. My only guess is... I have been anime pilled, yeah. probably in between. Yeah, and and I am so far gone that I am enjoying the story. In oh, this, fuck. I'm, I'm not. I'm not loving it. Let me be clear. I don't think it's great, but I'm not skipping the story. Yeah, and um, I am engaged. Uh, but more than the story, what I like. Um, I well, can I can I walk you through my journey of how Please, I screwed I up and listened to the internet? Yeah. Um. In in tr- I knew I was making a mistake. I googled what difficulty level should I play. It's an okay. important choice. And, I don't blame you. And and I and I looked in multiple places. Were like 
This game is so easy. It's for Goo Goo Gaga babies. And you're not one of the widow ones, are you? And I was like, I guess not. I'm like 30-something, so I think that's older than a baby. And it's like, okay, if you're not a widow one, you need to play on hard, and you need to play on classic at minimum. And I classic was like... Being, just a quick, quick definition. Yeah. There's... Uh, difficulty settings for like how hard it is to you know actually fight and defeat enemies. There's like normal, hard, and extreme or something like that. And then there is uh, you can decide whether or not there's permadeath, and that's the classic or classic casual. or casual mode, right? If you're on casual, if a unit dies, no no problem. They come back next battle. On classic mode, they're gone forever. So I I I do that, and you know what? It's like a pretty cool. Like it's difficult. It's not easy by any stretch of the imagination i'm losing maybe one or one person in these early early stages and i finally get to the first like real fight where you're it's this large sprawling town and you're there to save like some prince's sister so i guess a princess or whatever who also is there to kick ass and like y'all it is a bloodbath it, i mean <laughs> people's eyeballs are on the field like people are like begging for medics and then the medics getting their like chest blown out by like some magical scepter and it, it's a horror show and i immediately realized there is like no good way because of how i had saved to undo this afterwards fresh told me that there's like a way to change your difficulty in um in, in town castle, yeah but i i'm not even sure i could even get back to the castle because i had borked the saves so i had to restart and then play it all over again as normal classic which would normally be hey we have a lot of games to play right and there's a lot of good games out right now that does not sound appetizing yeah no playing through this game as a, a switching from like reality to um death god merchant of justice yeah. rules this game is fun <laughs> as shit when you can just be like raining hell upon these assholes who ruined my first two hours of the game <laughs> yeah i mean um, just awesome i would say the way to go for listeners who do want to play this game uh you you can adjust the difficulty settings at, at any time so i would suggest going in at hard which is actually the medium <laughs> setting which doesn't seem particularly uh intuitive uh, because the normal difficulty is, I think, pretty pretty easy. It's pretty easy to steamroll everyone. As long as you're doing, like, the minimum amount of character-building stuff in between battles, like, you're not going to have too hard of a time with normal. Ew, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add something to that. Okay. Because I also did research on what difficulty to play as, and I went to the only source that you should really ever go to for questions like these is specifically the Fire Emblem Reddit. And I found comments where people who made their entire lives about <laughs> Fire Emblem and min-maxing Fire Emblem were like, you know what? Even on hard, I was pretty much struggling for a few moments. There are some difficulty spikes that I found to be really, really tough unless I used every ounce of my Fire Emblem knowledge. And yeah. I was like, nope, normal. Normal yeah. it is. But you can you can adjust that you can adjust without having it. to restart I, I your just, whole game. You as long just as don't you need to stress yourself out different saves. Like, uh, also, did did you all do um classic? Yes. So I yeah, I normal with classic I like because it's like, wow, if I lose somebody with this difficulty, like that that's an I, I should yeah. take that out. And you can also there's also a rewind option where you could just take go Limited. back a yeah. few turns and, and undo the horror that you did to your team. So right. even with no response, you're 
you're going to have options. All right, that's we're we're in the weeds. I I think already. Um, Love it. That's what this type of game does. Yeah, I know. Can we talk about? I want to talk about the mechanics because, like, I think that's where the game succeeds. We 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 mentioned the story very briefly. I I I. It is a, a game that pretty much instantly I feel like makes most of its characters completely unrelatable. There's a huge gulf between uh, three houses where you're just sort of like this mercenary who becomes a teacher at your dad's old school and you meet all these <laughs> students and now you want to protect them and teach them. And like you, everybody is like, you know, a student in school. That's something we can all relate to. In this game, it's like you are a divine dragon god who's been asleep for a thousand years and these are your royal protectors and everyone's- And you have amnesia. And you have amnesia. And it's like, I don't care about most of the stuff that is happening here. What I would say is there are moments and characters in the game that like go way more into embracing like- the like cartoonishness of yeah. the world. And those are the moments and characters that I'm like, that oh, works. this is like fun and silly and, and but cool. In, in, generally speaking, but generally speaking, I, the story is, does it not hold a candle. I don't think it's to, just very serious. Now yeah. the mechanics are tight as fuck though. They are. This yeah. This game's really fun to just like play in a battle. There's a few sort of big kind of, I would say quality of life improvements from other uh, Fire Emblem games. There's this idea of the combat triangle where uh, swords are effective against axes, axes are effective against lances, lances are effective against swords. That's been in the game like forever, that kind of like rock, paper, scissors style but thing. But they took it out of three houses. I think you're right, yeah. In, in this one, it's it's there, and it also adds this break mechanic where if you can attack somebody with a uh, you know preferable uh you know form of 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 the triangle you will break them and then they can't make counterattacks like for the rest of the time that adds like a huge that one thing adds a huge strategic layer because now you might want to get somebody in there who maybe isn't your strongest attacker but can break the defenses of like a big gnarly foe so that your other units can come in and get some more free sweet hits without taking a bunch of damage which if you're playing on uh classic mode is like essential or you you will lose you will lose units it, uh, it's also funny because when you break units they drop their weapons like doofuses and yeah. it's just very it's pretty fun to watch there's also the engage mechanic which i, I plant do you want to try and explain it as somebody it. who's oh, oh justin, no, yeah. justin yeah. i'm on the show also and i'll do we it we love you it's you go super saiyan <laughs> you ban- you bind with a ghost from mm-hmm. the other people who like Fire Emblem will nut over every time t- they see them. Yep. <laughs> At least that's <laughs> how it's edited. And then you combine with these ghosts and you can um, merge with them to go Super Saiyan and get superpowers. And if you merge, the more you merge with them, the more you fight with them, the more superpowers you get. And you can also memorize some of the powers so you always have them and you don't have to merge. And merging is like you get three turns, I think, to wreck shop and then it wears off. But you can recharge it on the field. Yep. Yeah, that was really good, much. Juice. Yeah, man, it was, crushed it's it. a pretty fun game. I gotta say, um, I am curious to hear your your thoughts. I kind of liked that. it. I'm. It's it's at first I was. Um, I like you know I'm I keep an open mind about stuff. I, I honestly do, and I'm like okay, I'm dialed into this. And then it, it, at first, you know, it's like the mechanics. I'm all on board, and then it just it dumps a lot of stuff pretty quickly. Um, and more than that, it dumps a lot of characters really quickly. Like you'll go from like 
the there's one dude you're in control of, then three, then seven, then like ten. An and, army. And yeah, and it's like, oh man, I can't really tactics with all these people very well. Like I can't I don't this is too much for me to try to wrap my head around. Um when I let go of that though, and it just sort of uh let go of like optimizing and min maxing the mechanics and more just like tried to be smart about uh how I was approaching it like tried to just relax a little bit and um use basic tactics uh like splitting one group into two groups so they're easier to sort of manage and and um and stuff like that and I played on easy um I thought it was pretty good uh it, it's pretty enjoyable when you can start to get the abilities to like synchronize and you can pace when somebody should run away and somebody should heal and and all that stuff i just i feel like there's a lot to, to me who is not very deep in the series there's like a lot of it feels like to me a lot of cruft like a lot of statistical cruft that you're trying to like make your way through a lot of cruft on in the ui um but again if you're knee deep in it, you probably need and want all these mm-hmm. things. But right. I just kind of, it's like, uh, it felt like when you're reading a fantasy novel and you're keeping with it. And then all <laughs> of a sudden they introduce like 30 countries and it's like, Oh man, this is too much. I think I'm going to go back to <laughs> mm-hmm. something a little easier for me. Uh, I, f- I felt that way a few times, but yeah, a lot of the UI stuff that you're talking about, is important if you're playing on higher difficulties and like really trying to min-max your experience. So you want to know like, oh, this 2% crit rate is going to be better than this 4% increase in damage, blah, 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 blah. But if you're playing on normal, more or less all you need to know is like, oh, swords beat axes and uh, this is how much damage it's doing, which there's is some, there's, I mean, there's, you can, uh, it's what I think always has worked about Fire Emblem games. I think this has been true of every Fire Emblem game, uh, at least every modern one where you have this, you know, matrix of difficulty settings. All that really means is like, how, how much are you willing uh, to invest in the uh, like character management side of things, right? Yeah. Like there's systems where you can, you unlock a blacksmith and then you can go and upgrade uh, certain characters' weapons. I will say joyously, uh, there is no degradation on weapons, right. just on uh, spell tomes, uh, which is, you know, kind of annoying, but way, 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 way less annoying than having to fucking replace your weapon every two battles or even worse, have a weapon just crap out in the middle of a big fight and then you're just boned with that character. It Uh, also seems like they got rid of like the need to train up on certain weapons, like get an S rank in swords. I don't think that's in the game. I might be wrong. Yeah, you need to actually have certain ranks and certain weapons to change your uh, unit's classes. And there's there's a ton of classes, but that's not really anything you have to worry about for the first, I don't know, like eight chapters or something like that. Um, I, I I enjoy some of that stuff. I think it's not as intuitive. And I think this may be an issue just with the hub hub world being like super duper duper clunky. In three houses, if I wanted to make one of my units like a, you know, mounted archer, then it would, I would, you know, look at the, I think you had to take an exam, right? In order to do that. And it would <laughs> yeah. say like, well, they're not rank A in this yet. So they're, they're not going to pass this exam. Uh, whereas in this game, it's not quite as, I don't know, quite as easy to parse. Um, but I mean, all that stuff is in the game in such tremendous quantities. Uh, but again, like, if you don't want to fuck with that stuff, just play 
normal casual and you really don't need to do a lot of it. Um, yeah. I was this like, whole like crazy ring system that is like, even me who's like very into Fire Emblem and cares a lot about this stuff. Like I found it like I was drowning in the amount in the of mechanics, like yeah. nitty gritty details that were going on there. There's also like, because there's permadeath, I think they dump a lot of characters on you. Yeah. Like, I think that's And true. if you're not using permadeath, I kind of wished that I had just to make it easier to keep track of people. Like, yeah. you know, oh, that's okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember their name anyway. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, I kind of wish I'd done that because I ended up with like a bunch of characters that I just bear. And like, honestly, one love to Japanese role-playing game character design. I, I get it. But like just some more variation in like body shapes and skin colors and just a little bit of diversity there would really help. Uh, or a little bit more, I would say, would really help that go a long way because a lot of people yeah. look very similar, and it's yeah, you know, there's there's many other reasons for doing that, obviously, but right. just from a very practical perspective, just a little bit more variety there would be grand. I, yeah, for what it's worth, I thought Three Houses was better at that because it the whole premise of the game was all these different countries were coming together in this school. Yeah, I, I got a, I, I got a question about that before we wrap. Um, I, uh, how how is all the fan service cool by Nintendo? I mean, I now by the fan service we should be specific because there's there's like Martha's in the game would be considered fan service as well. Arguably. Yeah, I mean, there's huge fan service in the 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 very core nature of like these rings possess the souls of Marth and uh, yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. I think we all know what I, I'm, I'm okay. talking about the uh, like teenage girls who are portrayed in the uh most over-the-top fashion yeah sure uh i mean again it is like i don't i i have played uh, like 10 chapters and some paralogues i don't think i've hit anything nearly as gnarly as what has been in uh like fire emblem fates i think was the worst offender where it was like this is your family and your sister's got pre-Gigonzo bazoingas, don't it? And it's like, oh man, Fire Emblem, I just want to get on a horse and fucking do battle against a big army. I don't... So it, it Basically, it's been grandfathered into it for Nintendo. I just feel like modern Nintendo, I'm just... I mean, I'm sure this, this has been discussed endlessly. I'm sure I'm very late I, to the the. Fire Emblem's always here. been a Nintendo franchise. Like it's, it's uh, yeah, no, I know, I I know, but like there are different periods of Nintendo where they're like, you know, the post Nintendo six through four era where they're like, I don't know, we just need to sell some things. Yeah, sure, we'll do that. And like the like, I think of now as the uh, we'll be very cautious with all of our brands because we're on top of the world era, and it. It, I don't know. It seems a little uh, like uh, antithetical to like the very like PG brand that they like to portray. I interviewed one of the developers of Three Houses. This is probably like five years ago. And I asked mm. them this question because it like heroes specifically does not hold back when it comes to this stuff. Mm. And their response was basically that I uh, basically that Nintendo had evolved beyond the period of just being an exclusively family-friendly PG brand. And mm. uh, the Fire Emblem games in particular, in addition to having, like, you know, showing a lot of skin and uh, whatever, also have, like, a hell of a lot of violence and, like, oh, yeah, people death. burning up in front of you yeah, and sure. dying and all sorts of stuff. So his argument was basically, you know, this is a more mature game than what you would give a kid. And Nintendo allows for that these days yeah i mean that's good i mean to be clear i'm not saying it shouldn't be there or not i'm just 
surprised Nintendo. I guess Nintendo's come a long way since Pac-Man. Yeah, there it that's is. a true. good point. I haven't thought about it that way, but that's true. Eight out of ten. Next segment. <laughs> Next segment. <laughs> you go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts, and you get ripped off because they got all this fine print little details, and all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know? The contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice easy solution save some put the bucks back in your pocket pay 15 bucks a month say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash besties that's mintmobile.com slash besties Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos. You can do whatever you want. And it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames. And they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Well, the, the nominations that everyone's been waiting for are finally out. Uh... Congratulations to RRR for its single nomination. What a crime that uh, it, it was only nominated for Best Song. I think everybody else had some RRR, uh, just Oscars thoughts in general, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's a shame. Heartbreaker. Well, moving on to the IGF, the Independent Games Festival Awards were nominated. Uh, were, were the, the nominations were announced, rather. Uh, what, did you, what do you guys think? Where were you, where were you at? 
Well, I, I wanted to mention, I wanted to call out what the uh, Seamus McNally Grand Prize nominees were, because uh-huh. I think there's a lot of games here that will sound familiar. But as we go through some of the other categories, there might be games that you haven't heard of um, or games that you might have played uh, very briefly and uh, wanted to call them out. But for the for the Grand Prize nominees, we have Tunic, which I believe is our number two game of, of 2022. Case of the Golden Idol, which I know is in our top 10. Um, a game called Not for Broadcast, which apparently Justin brought to Besties and I just forgot. Yeah. yeah but it sounds yeah. awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know what else that <laughs> sounded awesome is when I described it in detail. It w- that was the like game where you're a producer in a news studio and it's like a FMV thing where you're making like shot decisions, stuff like that. Um, Neon White, which right we talked about a lot. Right now the listeners are nodding like, yeah, we yeah, know. Yeah, we sure. listened totally. to the podcast. We remember. Uh, Neon White, Immortality, and uh, Betrayal at Club Low. Have we talked about I've this game? I've never heard of it. I've, I saw it once a while ago. It's kind of a bonkers... It's kind of a bonkers game. The aesthetic of it is... Uh, reboot the TV series? Re- reboot set in like a weird dystopian nightclub, and it's also like a dice-based RPG. Uh, it, it It looks neat. I never really dug into it. Uh, too much but when i saw it on the list i started watching some trailers and it looks it looks pretty fucking wild man you're making a lot of pe- you're making pizzas i was gonna you're... say i think that's the cool thing about the igf awards is basically that there's always stuff that either i haven't heard of or i'm just becoming aware of that has been a big thing in the indie game space but maybe hasn't yeah. necessarily reached like more mainstream knowledge. This feels like closer to an equalizer year. So, I mean, the history of IGF is like, it used to be truly indie games. Like, you know, before you could easily buy indie games on Steam or like Xbox having, a, you know, the digital marketplace. This was stuff that people were like passing along. You'd have to order from somebody's personal website. I mean, really obscure right. stuff. And then as indie games grew and grew and grew, suddenly the the grand prize for this started to feel like just a game award. And now, I don't know if it's the pandemic releases or what has happened or if even really weird artsy games now can compete with that larger stuff. But this feels like a pretty good mix of things like Immortality, Neon White, Tunic, which to me, I know that some of those have smaller teams, but they feel... I don't know, polished in a way. Sure. Versus stuff I mean, like Tunic was being developed over like six years. Forever, and, yeah. I mean yeah. longer than that, I think. And then yeah. Case of the Golden Idol and Betrayal at Club Club Low, which feel like the sort of stuff that I mean we can hop right to this, the Nuovo Award, which is that's the the award that I always like scroll immediately to because that feels like the one place that is the I guess the the remnant of old school weird truly indie igf stuff yeah i don't know man i it's i i that distinction has never interested me particularly uh because i i do think that the divide between triple a and not triple a developers is still very much a thing uh and i i I don't know nothing in the seamus mcnally grand prize struck me as like wow that's that's on here um, no, but you but you do no, agree I, that like there's a difference between like a very small game released absolutely, on Itch of course, versus yeah. like a Devolver game. 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. Th- there's, th- you're right. There's still a difference between AAA and indie, but there's a huger gulf inside of indie yeah, between small indies and uh, indies that can afford to, you know, make six movies and one video right. game. Uh, one surprising thing for me, Citizen Sleeper is a is just an honorable mention for That's the weird. yeah Grand I Price. don't I don't necessarily I get that. that. Well, it is up for excellence in narrative. It is one of the main nominees, which makes total yeah. sense. I, th- I, don't I mean, who knows how these surprising. things? Are. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any insight. There is there is a pretty cool game in the Nuovo category called Time Bandit, where it appears you're playing as a construction worker, but it has like Metal Gear Solid One style graphics and stealth gameplay. Um, which sounds pretty fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, it's an anti-capitalist dark comedy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, if you ever are looking for, like, weird or interesting games to play, definitely go over to the uh, IGF list of nominees because invariably you will stumble upon stuff that either you haven't heard of or just sounds, like, super fucking wild. There's yeah. a game on the Nuovo, I just want to call this out. It's called, que- this is the title of the game, Queer man peeing into rockpool.jpg. Boy, that's kick a good ass, name. man. A Do you think it's going to beat um, Titanic 2 Orchestra for Dying at Sea? <laughs> I don't know what that is. That, well, that's all. That, that, it's, it's the competition. Also, he fucked the girl out of me. Oh, yeah. Those um, are all. Yeah, look at that. Those are the other. <laughs> Nuovo Awards ass. rules. These kick games, ass titles, at least. Yeah, I mean, video games are great. Video games are great again. Hey, can we talk honorable mentions? Because I got a big one. Okay, hit me. Is it that time? Yes. Yeah. Oh, sure. Russ, you got it too, baby. Pocket card we, jockey ride. We go like an entire Apple segment on this baby. one. Jeez. Yeah. I know you've been excited. I Hell actually yeah, I had am. this on my like wish list or whatever because I knew it'd be my. Well, it's out, baby. It's out. It's Rated here. It's e now. For extremely my shit. <laughs> We've talked about this game. A, a few times, I think. Pocket Card Jockey is from Game Freak, the Pokemon studio, and it's the best Game Freak game that's come out in, in quite a few years. Uh, it's on 3DS, and it came out in like, oh, Jesus, I don't know, 2014, maybe 2016? I don't know. Probably uh, earlier than that. Pocket but Card yeah. Jockey came out in 2013. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, It is a horse racing game with Solitaire. You play solitaire to race your horse. Dang, that sounds fun. Why <laughs> can't more very... games use solitaire as a mechanic? It's the most fun thing to play. I I, I agree as well. Uh, you on each race, like you will hit several rounds of solitaire, and the better you perform, the faster uh, your horse will go. That's more or less it. There's a lot more sort of mechanics to it. In between each round of solitaire, you can kind of position your horse on the racetrack to try to you know, have a more advantageous uh, spot in the lineup or try to pick up, like, these power-up cards that spawn on the track. Uh, And you're having to constantly make these decisions of, like, well, I could go for that card, but it's going to put me on the outside, which is going to reduce my endurance, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And it's, man, it's really the epitome of, like, a one-more-round game for me uh, where I will just pick it up and then lose, like, a half hour instantly uh, just playing solitaire. It is it is surprisingly deep with the number of systems that are at work here because you're measuring like the horse's stamina, wh- how the horse is pacing, where the horse is located on the track, and you're like picking like the, like the route that the horse is taking among the pack of other racing horses, and that's all impacted by how well you play solitaire. 
Yeah. It's wild. It's and then there's like a whole horse breeding thing that you get uh where you can try to, you know, you're the thing about this game is when you first play it, you get a busted ass horse who loses a lot and you have to kind of get comfortable with that. My uh, horse because is it doing well. Well, okay, good, cool. Maybe I'm just that good at solitaire. <laughs> Maybe you're just really good at solitaire. Uh, but it does make it so that once you do start breeding horses to try and make you know one with better stats and skills, uh, you really start to feel it when you get into a, a race and don't you know lose quite as much as you used to. Um, I also I love that. the art style. Sure, and, and the story is fucking buck wild. You start out the game as a jockey who's just entering the field, and you get to try to uh, ride this one horse that kicks and kills you. Yeah, and then in heaven, God is like, uh, yeah, sorry, man, you died, but um, I'm going to send you back on the condition that you win the royal crown. And if you don't, I'm going to send you to heck. Uh, it's very fun and wild, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. It's been my off-court buddy basically all, all weekend and this week, and it's, it's really great. How do we get Game Freak to just give this team Pokemon? Yeah, I don't know. Would I kind of just want to play Solitaire to raise Pokemon. That's something. Now we're talking. There's something. Um, yes. I also wanted to give a shout out to. I've been playing uh, Minecraft Dungeons with Henry. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good game. You guys yeah, made fun of me the last time I recommended it. Well, it's I I I would never play it by myself. I think I did actually <laughs> check it out when it came out on Switch. Um, but Henry like likes Minecraft, but you know, whenever we play Minecraft, we just kind of dick around in creative mode. He's not really like ready to engage with the deeper systems of, of that game. Um, but Minecraft Dungeons, just running around smashing a bunch of creepers and skeletons and stuff and finding loot, like that loop appeals to the six-year-old mind uh, just as much as it does the 35-year-old mind. Uh, and so we've been, we've been really enjoying it. And also, it's, a, it's free on Game Pass. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, that's a cool game. I like the phys- the use physics really well in that game where like enemies and creepers and stuff go like flying when you mm-hmm. charge them and very satisfying. Um, I wanted to talk about two things. One is called Future Port 82, uh, which is a uh, something you can download on PC for free right now. And it is a uh, an ongoing project, um, but but still well worth checking out right now. Um, where they are attempting to create uh, all of Future World, which is the futuristic half of of Epcot, the non-world showcase half of Epcot, uh, as it was on um, opening day. So when you load in, there's not really a game here per se, but you are able to walk through the park. Uh, you are able to look at different exhibits. They've got music playing, um, all the original signage. You can go into like uh, gift shops and stuff and see products that would have been on offer on that day. Um, and it's basically like a big museum piece, I guess you you, you could say. It's especially sort yeah, of yeah. You can click rides, and it takes you to like the best YouTube video, you know, possible of what the ride looked like then. Which it's kind of hard to come by because. Uh, as you'd assume, not a lot of people had cameras back then. Yeah. And few have uploaded them to YouTube. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's especially cool because this park has really um, strayed from its original vision from, from I mean, it, it was that when it launched, but it has strayed even more rapidly uh, rapidly in, in recent years. So it, it just for people that like don't know the park super well, yeah. it, it, its original 
concept was basically like, this is what the Jetsons world would look like, basically, right? Yeah, I mean, the original concept was to have an actual functioning city. I mean, it was the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. So this was going to be a place where people lived and worked. Um, that Walt died before that came to fruition. So the park pivoted into something that's about a celebration of innovation and imagination and sure. all the world's cultures. Um, and as with the rest of the Disney parks, you're seeing more um, uh, like Disney IP sort of bleed into it. And it's straight from that original vision. Anyway, I don't want to get off on the soapbox about this. Uh, it's a very cool thing. Um, even if you have no memory of, the, of, of visiting in the early 80s to Epcot, just having this sort of like ability to experience this little thin sl- slice of history um uh virtually is very is very cool. I know people have done similar things in like Gary's Mod with uh extinct clubs and things like that that aren't in Disney anymore. But anyway, um is there and just one last closing thing. Is there anything in Future Port 82 that like ooh, would not necessarily fly culturally speaking today? Not that I not that I saw um you know, there there's some goofy ideas about how the internet will be good for stuff. But sure, uh, yes. <laughs> um and I also I really want to briefly mention um because I had not heard of this show, I uh went and saw And Juliet in uh on Broadway last uh weekend, but it was playing in um it's also in London and I think they're doing a Toronto version, so there's probably others, but it is a jukebox musical um about uh, William Shakespeare and his wife Anne Hathaway rewriting the end of Romeo and Juliet. So Juliet doesn't kill herself and goes on and sort of like lives her life and becomes a fully fledged person. And all the songs are by Max Martin, the Swedish mega, mega. Uh, no one has more hit songs than this guy, except for John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Like he, uh, so the show features stuff like, Hit me, baby, one more time, and I can't feel my face, and uh, it's shit. my life. I mean, "Roar" by Katy Perry is like the big, the biggest one at the at the end. But uh, oh, and some Backstreet Boys stuff. I want it that way. Things like that. So, like, if you grew up with that kind of music, and even if you didn't, um, oh, and the show is written by uh, one of the head writers on Schitt's Creek. So it's like it's also very funny the way they like tie everything together and the way the songs aren't changed lyrically but make sense with the uh in the context of the show um mm-hmm. but it's it's really really fun um so I would check it out Cool nice Point you have anything Uh can I talk just a tiny bit about Dead Space before next week you tell me. I don't. I don't know what the yeah. authorities are telling you. What do you want to talk about? Just that it, it, it's great, and people should play it so they can. Um, I think we'll all enjoy it, <laughs> and, and and people should not wait. I guess until next week to give it a try. Uh, also, not that you should spend money on this. The uh, the special edition costumes or outfits or whatever are absolutely disturbing. Um, and break the entire game um, uh, narratively because one of them is uh, Isaac with two corpse hands uh, as antlers stuck to the side of his head. And another is Isaac with his entire uh, abdomen gutted and just guts spilling out of his his uh, his body. Why are people Which, nasty? With, with, with ray tracing, let me tell you, looks really upsetting. It's really gross. Um, but separate from that, this game 
is fantastic. I next week I think we're gonna have probably a long conversation around hey, what does it mean that like we keep looking forward to in the best games of each year are things that we played, you know, ten years ago? Like is that like Resident Evil 4 remake is on the way? The only thing that I keep coming back to is um like Star is Born got remade like a trillion times. Mm-hmm. And that was like totally chill. So maybe this is just the natural evolution of of games, you know, like any other medium. And it just feels more acute right now for some reason. And Lady Gaga's in Fortnite, so so there it is. Everybody, right, right now. Possible. Well, just as an emote, but oh. sorry, <laughs> it's okay. You just got me all kind of excited. It's fine. I wanted to thank the following people for writing for reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. Hair G, casual mm. fan of David's. <laughs> Master <laughs> of Merc. Thank you for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. And thank you to everyone else who has written reviews, both in the past and in the present and in the future. And about our uh, show and not we, about our show. Also true. They help I, people. Really, reviews help people, you know? They do. They do help people That's a lot. why we do what we do, people. Help us. That's why we do it. We're here to help. We are. Um, we are talking about, spoiler alert, Dead Space. The remake of Dead Space next week uh, just came out. Uh, and we'll be talking about it uh, next week. So get prepared to be uh, scared. That kind of rhymes. That's the tagline, actually, for the game is get prepared to be scared. <laughs> I love it. It's <laughs> cool. Uh, that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening to our show. And uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining us. We hope you will do so again next week for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Steve.